0: You're listening to Her Body I.O.F.M. with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body I.O.F.M. with your your hosts, Alex Navarro and A.J.,
1: Hi, Alex. How's it
0: going? Good. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing good. We're laughing because we just had a technical <laughs> screw up and the last intro was perfect, but this one is, <laughs> is all jumbled up. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> what can you do?
0: Exactly. Just do? <laughs> just uh, get over it and be excited for our topic today, which is breast health. And um, I'm pretty excited to talk about it for a few reasons. But one, and I think the most important, is a topic that we always come back to, which is just being aware of your body and understanding what's going on with it and the appropriate steps to take to maintain good health.
1: That is definitely the message, because I think today we're going to touch on, uh, you know, a bunch of different topics, whether it be body image, um, I'm, I'm even going to talk about the medical system a little bit and just taking matters into your own hands. So we're not going to like hone in on one specific thing. Um, maybe if we get more requests in the future to talk uh, more about one of these topics, we can we can do that in another podcast. But we're just going to cover a broad range of things today. Yeah. So, um, Alex, I think how you, did you?
0: Oh, wait, sorry, I was go just going to touch on the, the part that you said about the 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 medical field and when you're trying to get help in that area, it's not always easy. And perhaps that could be a a great topic for another time, because I'm sure between the two of us, we could go go off on many tangents about experiences. Um, but for today's show, we'll definitely stick with specifics regarding breast health. And I know that you have some personal experiences that you'd like to share. So I think, um, it'll be informative for everybody.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not sure, you know, we, we haven't really discussed how we're going to uh, tackle this, but if you wanted me to just start off with kind of something that inspired this topic for myself, uh, it's something I've just been through recently. So a week today, I am scheduled to have a lumpectomy, which is uh, they're removing a a benign mass from my breasts. Um, I don't have implants. I just have natural breasts, um, in case anyone's wondering. Um, which I think is kind of obvious if you've seen my picture. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, just wanted to say that um, because I think it would have been a little bit different process had I had um, breast implants, which was interesting to learn um, while I was going through this. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get too much into that. Uh, it's It seems to be a benign tumor. Uh, so, I mean, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, it was quite the process to have this looked after properly in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that I, I would really like to express to women, and this was like really nagging, nagging me, and it was worrying me when I was going through this process, was I, I basically just had to take control of everything. Um, to give you an example, uh, this lump was noticed years ago, and it's done some weird things over the years. A lot of professionals that I saw just really brushed it off and, and to be honest, I kind of fell into that trap of just being like, oh, well, they, they don't think it's anything serious. And they did an ultrasound and it doesn't mm-hmm. look cancerous. So I'm just gonna, you know, in my brain, I was kind of like, okay, well, that's all good news, even though I didn't really have a solid answer. And, you know, right. when I look back at that now, I'm like, that's crazy. What was I thinking? <laughs> Maybe I was young and, and naive, but,
0: um. Well, and we tend to put in, we we tend to put some, you know, faith in our doctors to, be the ones to make those decisions. Like if they feel like it's a problem or something that we should be concerned with, then we are. And if they don't seem worried about it, then why would we be?
1: Exactly. And and I think we do that with everything, not, mm-hmm. not just breast health, right? And, yeah. and, you know, years went by and it was doing some unusual things and it causes me a lot of pain. Like, so if I'm PMS and someone goes to hug me and they press on it, I will like jump through the roof (laughs) oh my (laughs) yeah yeah it's you know so things like that and you get used to it and you just it becomes just a part of everyday life and uh we just learn to work with these things even though they're you know when you stand back and think about the big picture like this is pretty ridiculous right and it it was a woman yeah something's wrong and it, it was you know something i read in the newspaper about a woman who um while she was pregnant found out she had breast cancer. I read that article one morning and it just stuck with me. I was just like I felt so bad for her in that situation. I just thought I was just so stupid there's all this technology out there. all I need to go all I need to do is go to the doctor and request that these tests are done, and you know hold my ground and say mm-hmm. i'm not happy with you just saying it doesn't seem to be anything worrisome right. and that's just really what pushed me to go have things looked at further and you know that whole scenario was uh of my language, it was a shit show. And, I bet. <laughs> if I, and if I hadn't persisted and taken precaution, like there was so much, there were so many things that I had to do on my end, even like getting copies of the requisitions, because when I went in to have this originally looked up by my doctor and he requested a mammogram and a um, biopsy, it was three days before he was going on vacation for four weeks. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I... I've worked in an office setting before. I know how people just... Paperwork is just paperwork on your desk. It's not someone's like, life in their hands. Right. I, I know what it's like. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, oh, he's going on vacation. I better get a copy of this requisition because if something screws up, I'm looking at minimum four-week delay. Right, Exactly. I'm not going to get into, like, a long version of this story, but I will tell you that, yes, she forgot to fax off the requisition. Mm. So a week later, I was running around to the local hospitals, bringing them a copy of my requisition so I could at least get things booked. Um oh, and, and, like, I mean, I just kept on thinking about the woman that doesn't sit there and, like, take these measures because right. there's a lot of trust in the medical system. Right. I mean, there was just so, many, every single step of the way, something went wrong. So I finally had to, like, I ran around, did all this stuff, and got my mammogram and, and biopsy booked and blah, blah, blah. And then you would never believe what happened next, but...
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> after
1: everything was done, my results... And at this point, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know right. that it was a benign tumor. So right. I was pretty stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um my results sat in limbo for over a month, really? despite me calling oh the gosh. receptionist at the hospital. Or sorry, at my doctor's office all the time, just saying, "Well, you know, I was told by the the person that did the biopsy that the results would be in in a week, and this is like five five weeks now, and I haven't heard anything." No, 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 we don't have them in. So, I mean, that was a huge amount of stress to go through, and then I found out going through someone else that my test results had been in and they had been in for over a month.
0: And they so, were just sitting there.
1: They were just sitting there. Um, and I didn't, I didn't yell at the receptionist, <laughs> but I made, her, I made it very clear that, you know, in this whole time I'm thinking, yes, my outcome was, yes, I'm very grateful it wasn't cancer, but I was thinking about that poor individual that, let's say it was.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And, and this huge delay in just logistics in, in the doctor's office that was just one screw-up after another, I'm just sitting there thinking, could that really be the difference, you know, a life or-death situation for someone that could make all the difference in the world? So having Especially been when it comes all that, to
0: something like that
1: yeah, it it freaked me out, and it freaked me out because I know I'm the kind of person that's a little bit pushy, and I'm really on top of things, and I'll follow up, and I, you know, I'm I'm a little OCD, so I'll put things in my schedule. If <laughs> you know, if the doctor says they're going to call me in a week, I'll put it in my schedule, right? And I'll give them a few days slack, but if I don't hear from them, I'll call them back. And you know, I I used to be afraid to be like that because I didn't want to come across as pushy and or aggressive, but. I mean, it's all in your attitude and your tone when you talk to people, but I really think that you do need to take that approach, especially when it is your health. And my message for women after being through this, um, and I mean, it's not over yet. I've got my my lumpectomy next week, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of follow-up things Mm -hmm. that I'm going to have to stay on top of, but it's just, man, you got to fight for yourself and you can't trust the system. You can't trust that I love to think that everyone sitting in every office is just like on the ball and getting things done and super efficient. But sometimes you gotta light a fire under people's asses. It's true, and yeah, so mm-hmm. like sorry, I didn't want to try to go off on a tangent on that, but no, no, it's important. It's happened recently, and it's just that was just the nagging thing through all this. I'm like the poor woman that doesn't follow up; she'd still be waiting for right. the mammogram. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly, <laughs> and
1: yeah, and that's scary to me. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And That's me, a little bit about my story. And even on on a less serious note, for for women who, and, and you know, we come across this a lot with the clients that we work with through the consulting system. And for those who we feel like need labs done, you know, need their hormones tested, I'm finding clients are having a really hard time asking, not just asking, but getting having the doctors be okay getting the tests for them and in, and in a few right. cases these clients have to really badger them like no this i want this done make it happen because i've i've had a few clients whose primary care physicians said no we don't do that and just let it be as as it was which i think I is i totally
1: agree yep and i see that all the time too and then i've only come across one or two doctors in in my personal experience that have been um, like really cooperative with that scenario. I've moved Mm -hmm. around a lot in my life, so I've (laughs) I've had a lot of different positions and yeah, it's, and, and you really do have to be pushy. And there is, there is a way to be very friendly and optimistic and and nice and, you know, with a smile on your face and Mm -hmm. be pushy all at the same time. It's kind of a gift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It definitely takes some practice. And I mean, I had some personal experience in, uh, a kind of similar situation where I just, the beginning part of it was me not doing enough research. And this kind of will will run into our next topic, which is breast augmentations, which is a part of breast health. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, doing your research and knowing what you're getting yourself into. And I think something that we talked about before we started recording was, you know, we want to make sure that We don't hold any opinions or bias for those who choose to get breast implants and those who don't. No, it's whatever the individual wants, whatever is going to make them happy, whatever they're comfortable with, size, shape, anything. So if that's something that you want to do and, you know, have at it, just make sure that you go into it with enough knowledge as to, you know, what's involved. You've researched your physician because that really makes a big difference in your overall experience, the outcome, and the health of your breasts later down the line. And mm. this is something that I've had personal experience with. Um a few notes just on the the research end of it, you know, when it comes to getting an augmentation, there's there's a lot of information out there, but there isn't. There's not very much information on the things that can go wrong. In, in strange things. And I, I think it was really helpful that you sent me your, your cousin's blog um, to read yes, through. Yes, she
1: had some, yeah, she had a crazy ordeal. But like mm-hmm. you said, she's like, it wasn't even the fact, she wouldn't even blame it on the first uh, surgeon. Right. She just blamed it on her lack of research and ask and not asking the right questions mm-hmm. and not telling the surgeon about her lifestyle, which is a physique competitor right, and what goes along with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was luckily something that I had talked to the physician that I chose when I got mine done because I had inquired to other fitness competitors about their experiences, you know, how they went about it, the type of breast implant they got, incision, uh, location, all of those things, because I wanted to make sure that being a competitor. At the time I was doing fitness too. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to, you know, flip around. And if I landed funny, it would, you know, knock them out of place or something <laughs> absurd like that. But those are yeah. the things that were going through my mind. I was like, well, what happens if like, you know, it pops or who knows what could happen? Yeah. So luckily I was very upfront and and clear about what my goals were in getting them. And It's something that I've always wanted, to be honest. Um, I was a gymnast when I was young and they just never came. I kept waiting Hmm. for them to develop and it just never happened, which also explains my height because I'm much shorter than everyone else in my family. And I I blame it on the gymnastics. But Uh, (laughs) so, you know, growing up, it's just something that I I always wanted and I kind of just h- hoped that eventually they would come and they never did. So I knew for a long time that I wanted them and I did my research and I wanted a, a size and shape that was very natural, that you know wouldn't be obvious at the same time, um, but I wanted something that I could fill out a bikini and you know, be able to buy a bra that wasn't a child size <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because that's pretty much what I was dealing with at the time. <laughs> And um, when I decided to go in, you know, everything went, went smoothly. I knew people who had seen this physician before, this doctor, and the overall experience with him was great. And just like your cousin, I wouldn't blame him for what happened by any means because it wasn't something that happened during the procedure. It wasn't, you know, his lack of care. Although I do wish that he had more information on the issues that I was having and how I could have a prevented them and b fixed them as they were happening, or at least made them uh, less severe than they were. And unfortunately the information just wasn't very good. And as much research as I did, there just wasn't a lot of people talking about this particular issue, which is a scar tissue buildup. And It's just your body's natural reaction when you've implanted something artificial. I mean, it's something happens that when, if someone were to get knee surgery, say, it's likely that scar tissue will build up around the area that was worked on. And I did everything that I could find online besides going to see a specialist in Dallas, which just was not realistic at the time. And... You know, for the amount of money that you're investing in this, <laughs> you wanted yes. to you wanted to work out. <laughs> it's yeah, it's expensive. It's very expensive. and it's something that I saved up for for years to make happen. And to, you know, have so many issues afterwards, it was very disheartening.
1: Hmm. And so how soon were you having these issues?
0: So I ended up getting a repeat surgery. So I had Mm -hmm. one, my first one, back in 2012, and within six months, I noticed that the scar tissue was building, and I was taking medication to help that was supposed to help prevent the buildup of scar tissue. I was also doing aggressive foam rolling, which, if you can imagine foam rolling your breasts, it's really awkward. I mean, it's not something you can do at the gym. (laughs) by any means (laughs) it's not (laughs) definitely not Yeah, it's awkward um but you know that did seem to help but it was painful it was uncomfortable and in the long run it really didn't make a difference um which is these were the things Mm
1: -hmm. yeah sorry mind me asking like was it just where the incisions were or is it like
0: all around around. the whole area all the way around Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's the one side is worse than the other
1: Wow. And I imagine that would be painful even when you're not like using a foam roller or anything like that. Yeah. It's just just
0: like what you had said when you gave, you know, somebody a hug, you you could feel oh. it. It was little things like that, like sleeping on my stomach, not going to happen. Super hey. uncomfortable. Um, you know, and I did avoid any pec recruitment at all. I mean, you know, it was incorporated here and there. Like if I was to do bicep curls or pull-ups or something, but I didn't do any pec-specific exercises for two years thinking that that was going to help. And it didn't. It didn't make a damn difference. And when I went back to the doctor and was like, this is what's happening. You know, what, what can we do? He said, well, I've given you everything I know. There's nothing else we can do besides take them out and try again and hope that it doesn't happen this time. You know, maybe we'll just start the massage earlier. You can start the medication as soon as we, you know, as soon as the surgery is over, which before I had waited because he doesn't like to prescribe that. So a year, a year later I did a repeat surgery where they basically just take them out, clean out the scar tissue, put them back in. And this time the scar tissue started within a month of the surgery. I mean, it came back aggressive, more painful than the first time. And again, I was doing everything that I was instructed to do. And I took off a longer time from the gym i'm I'm talking eight eight weeks off from the gym, not doing anything, walking. and yep. there just wasn't that was it. That was the only solution that he had. And that's when I got aggressive with him. I was like, you need to do more research, if not for me, for anybody else who might have this issue down the line, because it's clearly going to happen. I'm not the first person it's happened with. I'm not going to be the last person it happens with. So for your sake and your client's sake, you should do more research. And how did he respond to that? He kind of just brushed it off. And I realized at that point that he wasn't going to be able to help me anymore. And I haven't seen him since. And that was two years ago. And it's just been up to me at this point to research more options um, which i did and i actually did end up seeing a specialist in dallas who deals specifically with this issue Um, but unfortunately i had waited so long before seeing him that the stage that i was in was too far gone and his response was we just have to start over again so at this point i'm just dealing with it and you know kind of what's interesting made me think of when you were talking about your process that you went through is <clears throat> i did look for outside help beyond <clears throat> the traditional medical field um i went and sought out acupuncture which did help a lot with the the pain and the discomfort it didn't help with the building of scar tissue but you know it gave me just some relief
1: yeah just to cope
0: like just, with all that exactly Exactly, yeah. and I didn't like the idea of taking medication. If I don't, if I can take something naturally or, or do it naturally, I will, because I didn't know what else the medication was doing. Um, and I just continued with more, you know, massage and things like that. And unfortunately, it's it's just as bad as it was before. And I'm hoping that it doesn't get any worse, but it is still uncomfortable sometimes. But just like you said, it's kind of something that I've just. I'm used to now and it is what it is. And it's just a matter of, well, do I want to go through that again or just let it be and deal with it? And at this point, A, I don't want to spend that money again because it's a lot.
1: Yeah, that is a lot of money. And this is round three, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's just so much that you have to go through in that situation there's all the physical discomfort but then it's emotionally like you said it's like you know when you work so hard to earn the money to have this procedure and you do your research and you make the decision and then things just kind of backfire on you i mean emotionally that's a lot to deal with Mm -hmm. and then you compile you know you're in the fitness industry you're a fitness professional and then you can't train properly for how long and you know, there's just so many things, so many layers of things that are going on. And it's, it's a really complicated situation for anybody to deal with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it sounds like what, you know, it was kind of just ringing in in my ear when you were talking was just, I know your situation, like other people have had it. So it's not like it's a one-off thing, but it's just, your doctor needs to understand just like, you know, us being nutrition diet coaches, it's like, everyone reacts so differently to certain things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you really have to have an open mind and realize that this is just the way it is with everything, whether it be like your experience with, um, with your implants and the scar tissue, or whether it just be how people react to nutrition changes. Uh, exactly. Everyone is just so unique and we need to have these professionals that have an open mind to understand that, hey, we're not blaming you. We're coming to you saying... Hey, we're all unique. I understand that maybe your last 30 patients didn't have a scenario, but I do. <laughs> right. So step up to the plate and help me.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, and and just do your own do your own education.
1: Mhm. Yeah, it sucks that whole like the whole medical field, especially when it's elective surgery. It's like they just ping-pong you around to to oh, well that, you got to go to this specialist in this area, and there's only one or two in the country. Right. And it's like, well, it sucks because like you said, you saved up X amount of dollars for the procedure and a plane ticket to Dallas and all that stuff was not a part of that cost. Exactly. And uh, it's really, really difficult. I, man, I, ugh, I sympathize for you. And um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. Um, <laughs> it happens.
0: It does. It does happen, yeah. and you know, I know that there's a lot of other situations that could have happened as well, and. You know, it's kind of the less sort of two evils, depending on which one you choose to get, if you're to get one. But, you know, it's just kind of goes back to know what if you if you do choose to go through something like this, you know, do as much research as you can and just understand that things can happen. And you can't always anticipate it, but hopefully, you know, you've done enough research before to where if something does happen, you know where to go get help.
1: Yeah, exactly. You have to go into these things with some education, like you said, research, go around and talk to different surgeons to Mm -hmm. get different opinions. And just that's where you get confident in your decision. Like that's always been my thing. It's like if I'm going to do something, I, I, I haven't, I'm just trying to think of an example, but whatever it might be, even if it's just like you can use the example of buying a car It's like, do your research. Mm -hmm. Uh, Find out what's out there. What are the common problems that arise if you buy that brand of car or that make and model that year? And, you know, at least then if something goes wrong, you're not, I hate to use the word beating yourself up, but that's what we tend to do. We tend to beat ourselves up. But if you've done the research and, and you've done that work, you can at least say to yourself, hey man, I did everything I possibly could given those, you know, those circumstances. And this is, it's just the way it goes and now I have to act on that and
0: mm-hmm.
1: don't worry about the past. I, you know, I, I do know people that don't do a lot of research and get into these situations and I think that that is really hard to deal with too, um, right. because they must feel a little bit foolish and, um, but, but you know what, then again, we're always led to bleed by the quote-unquote professionals that, oh, don't worry, I got this under control, I do right. this for a living, you've got no issues and, and we put our trust in those people and, we have to put our trust in those people. But um I always like doing my own research. Um, Absolutely.
0: And once you've kind of gone through one process and you, you see how messed up it is, <laughs> you're like, okay, now next time for any other issue I have, I know what I need to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And like I so maybe we'll talk about this just a little bit because one thing that I find is that because I don't have breast implants. A lot of women don't like to talk to me about it because they feel like I judge them because they've had breast implants. Right. I'm like, no. I'm like, that is so far from the way I feel. <laughs> Myself, so I'll give you a little bit of history about me. I was, I was pretty flat chested um, throughout high school. I mean, I, I wasn't, I know my cousin was a gymnast. So I know what you're kind of describing mm-hmm. where your, your breasts just don't come in at all. I didn't have that, um, but when my weight went like the opposite direction in my early twenties, and I was like 155 pounds around that weight, I had I had double D's.
0: Oh my goodness!
1: Yes, now now I have a hard time picturing that. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's bizarre because (laughs) if you looked at me, I don't think they look like double D's. Mm -hmm. They. But when I went, I had to go to the custom bra store because I actually had like a a small rib cage, but I had big breasts for my size. And it was just, I'm not even going to get into why. I mean, obviously I put on a bunch of weight, but the doctors were trying to solve other issues I had with birth control. And I got you. (laughs)
0: And
1: so it was interesting for me because I kind of experienced what it was like having bigger breasts. And Mm -hmm. then when I lost weight and got off hormonal birth control and they went back to their just normal cells. <laughs> um <laughs> I I I didn't miss having big breasts because mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of sports and they got in the way and they yeah. aggravated me. But it just amazes me because people always come up to me. I've even had okay, I've even had a surgeon offer me a really good deal oh on my implants gosh. and that seems and when a little I looked at it. <laughs> yeah, you would especially cuz yeah, it wasn't appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get into that story, but I I looked at him and I said, "Well, uh, I'm glad to know that you think my breasts are too small, but just <laughs> so you know, <laughs> I'm actually absolutely happy with my small breasts, mm-hmm. and I have no problem with them. I mean, yeah, sometimes when I like look at the side view in the mirror, I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably could use a push-up bra today or something, <laughs> depending on what I'm wearing. But I'm totally content with them. But what always gets me, if we're gonna just you know get into a little bit of you know body image stuff at mm-hmm. all, is that when I tell someone that. They look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, oh, don't worry. You'll come around. You'll come around. You'll come around for your breast implants eventually. And I'm like, you don't seem to understand that I'm actually totally cool with it. Mm -hmm. And then the opposite thing kind of happens with some women where they, if they've had um, any kind of procedure done, they don't, they're reluctant to talk about it with women that haven't because they think that, you know, we judge that. But I, I can only speak for myself. I don't judge anyone on something like that. And I just think that open communication about whatever the scenario is, is the best scenario for everybody.
0: <laughs> Agreed.
1: <laughs> because I'm going to, you know, maybe there is going to come a day where I'm like, oh, this is something I might all of a sudden one day decide to do. Mm-hmm. And the more people I talk to, the more experiences I hear about, then that's just going to help me make my decision. Exactly. But yeah. All this is all about just education and and understanding your body and knowing what's going on. And uh, actually talking about, you know, feedback from your body was something that was really interesting is that when they did biopsy um, the tumor in my breast, which was a total nightmare because it was super, super dense. They couldn't get the biopsy needle to pull out any. um, Oh, no. Yeah, they had to do eight. (laughs) <laughs> oh, gosh. And it was like, it was crazy. She looked at me. She's like, I've done three. I can't get a sample. She's like, do you want to just call it a day? Yeah. I'm like, no, freeze me. Keep going. I'm like, I'm here now. Like, right, I'm exactly. Not Who knows how long yeah.
0: that would have taken to get back in there.
1: Yeah, so it was a it was not a fun experience. But at the same time, it was good to know that it was, you know, I'm finally getting this looked after. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it was really interesting because the biopsy results have come back. They they actually don't know a hundred percent what it is mm-hmm. um, because they pulled some different samples that were kind of conflicting. So I don't know exactly what that means, uh, <laughs> but um, but it's it's benign. That was the most important thing, right? Good, good, good. Um, But you know they're asking me, so I went to see the surgeon. She's asking me about these things, and I'm like, well, I'm a nutrition coach, and it's like you know sometimes I go. You know, I, I dial in my nutrition if I'm trying to build muscle, I'm eating significantly more. If I was dieting down, I'm eating a little bit less. And I said, you know, it's really interesting because this will actually change in size and, and grow based on that and also mm-hmm. based on my monthly hormones. Right. And she was just totally fascinated by, by the fact that I had picked up on these things. That you were just were paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I was just paying attention to my body. And she was fascinated and she, you know, it was really interesting because she said to me, she's like, wow, she's like, I, you know, that's really, really interesting information. Once we remove this and biopsy it, I might have you back in to ask you more questions about this because right. I don't ever get feedback like this from people.
0: Like, right, because you're usually these, not paying attention enough.
1: Yeah, they're not paying attention. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I mean, I could tell you all sorts of things that it's done. It's kind of, I think it's going to kind of be weird with it gone. It's like,
0: <laughs> I'm so used to it being a part of me, but um, It's like your little just, signal you know, of what's happening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is, and it's just um, you know I could tell you when I ovulate. I can mm-hmm. tell you when I'm going to get my period. Like it's just like a button I touch, and I can feel I can feel the um, you know if it's inflamed. So you know it was just really interesting. You know, going back to being in tune with your body, um, that these are the things that you going you're going to want to look at and pay attention to, and it's going to really help the process when you go see a specialist for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I had this. It was interesting. I think I was really slack with doing breast exams on myself. You know, I would do them, but I would be so afraid to find another lump or whatever that Mm -hmm. you just, I don't know, it's just one of those things. You really have to force yourself to do it, whether you put a reminder in your calendar and just say, okay, every how many months I'm going to do a breast exam. Um, You know, one habit that I got into, because I realized I was I was a little reluctant to do it myself sometimes that mm-hmm. if I went to see my uh, my GP for any reason even if it was just to like have blood work or whatever it was I don't I don't have any medical problems so I don't see him that often mm-hmm. but I would just ask can I can you please do a breast exam because I'm here right and mm-hmm. they do it and mm-hmm. then that way <laughs> you could just check that off your list exactly. and that was my way of You know, I I was just aware that I wasn't doing it as well and and maybe not checking everything right. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to make a doctor's appointment to go have someone else do my breast exam. And if you're going for an annual physical, um, make sure they do that when you're there.
0: Yeah, that Um, seems like the appropriate time.
1: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I'd have my annual physical and then something would come up just random in the middle of the year. Well, I'm like, hey, no harm to ask for a breast exam. I'm here. Because I know when I go home, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, well, I I don't think I feel anything or whatever. But it's always nice just to have uh, someone else do that just to be sure,
0: put your Mm -hmm. mind at ease. Exactly. Exactly. And each time you go and do it, you get more familiar with what you should be looking for and, you know, how your own breast feels. So that if something Mm -hmm. is off, you can, you'll be aware of it because it'll feel different.
1: Yeah. And that, you know, that was always one of my questions with uh, for women with implants is like how much how much um, like is that process more difficult? Um, Just like and it must be, especially if you have scar tissue buildup. Right.
0: Right. I mean, at this point on the side that I have the issues with, there's no way that I'd be able to tell if something was off because I don't know if it's the scar tissue or Mm -hmm. something else.
1: Yeah. And it, and you know, it's interesting because when I went for my mammogram, I hadn't been for one for several years. And the last time I went, it was just like, you stand up, you get right up close to it. And it Mm -hmm. was, it was just a a horizontal, um, like clamp kind of, you know, most women know what I'm talking about. But then when I went, um, this time around, it was really interesting. It was on this, it was a circle. So it was like a kind of like a half moon, like a half pipe. And the Mm -hmm. whole thing moved, uh, side to side. Interesting. So, yeah, it was really interesting because I was like, oh, this is fascinating because before they couldn't actually see my lump in a mammogram because it's kind of up near
0: my armpit. Right, because it doesn't first, really fit actually, in that little clamp area.
1: Yeah, not mm-hmm. if you're just standing up straight. Mm-hmm. So they were able to move this whole thing and I would just stand in a different position and they could, they could, well, it was actually unbelievable like how, I, w- I was fascinated just by staying there, just being like, okay, I just know from the last one that there's no way they could have got this of view for the mammogram and she said that that's um, actually really helped women like with breast implants, this new technology that they have interesting, um, because they can get you in like any position. They can, they can just basically examine the whole, there's no limitations really. They can see just about everything. Whereas before they would have had to probably do ultrasound in certain areas. Right, right.
0: That makes sense. And that's, that's what I've heard in, in terms of getting them, getting them checked with the implants is that the ultrasound was the way to go. So yeah. I'd be curious to see how many more places have this new technology and how I much wouldn't it
1: would... be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually common because I mean, I live in a small town. It's not like right. the hospital that I went uh, for this mammogram has like a ton of money or like leading technology. Like it's, and she said, no, it's like, it's been like this for a while. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And you know, when, cool. you, when you're when you going for these things, it's like, ask that person a hundred questions. Uh, right. And I, you know, I did. I was, I just asked that woman as many questions as I possibly could. And I left with a bunch of information from someone that does this all day, every day. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's better so, to have um, too much information than leave <laughs> and be like, oh, I should have asked her this.
1: Oh, yeah. She must have just, yeah, she... Well, I mean, I don't think I annoyed her. I was just, you know, being chatty and pleasant and just (laughs) asking questions. I'm sure she kind of liked answering them. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so that's my main message is, like, gather information. Don't be afraid to ask, and don't be afraid to be pushy and get stuff done.
0: Absolutely. It's your own body, your own health. No one else is going to do it for you. Nope. Nope. Definitely not the doctors, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And you know, it, it's all, it snowballs into this big thing because, you know, I'm limited and everyone is limited based on where they live. Obviously you live in a big city, you have mm-hmm. more options for doctors, but I, I mean, I live in a small town and I can say that having lived in a bigger city, there's huge obstacles when you live, um, you know, out of town or like going downtown Toronto is like a three hour drive for mm-hmm. me or two hour drive. It's like, That's a huge trek just to see a specialist, especially when a lot of the time you go to see them and it's like a five minute consult and then you got to go back the week later.
0: (laughs) Right. Very Um, true. Very
1: true. Yeah. But I think, you know, if someone is in a remote area looking to do something um, like have implants or have any kind of surgery of any kind, whether it be elective or not, it's like, You know what? Maybe factor in those travel costs and time into that scenario. Don't just be like, I'm local, so it has to be a local procedure or whatever. Exactly.
0: I think that's very important because I probably would have gone to see somebody else just knowing that this person dealt with this specific issue often. Mm -hmm. So if down the line I ever decided to to go through this again, (laughs) I would probably go see him. Mm -hmm. And he's in a different state and I'd have to consider all of that being able to stay there for, you know, a few days, making sure I could do the post-op and make sure that everything was okay so I wouldn't have to go back again.
1: Yeah, it's everything needs to be factored in and uh, it's worth just taking your time to look at all the variables. Um, Just like, just like anything, rushing into something is never ideal. Um, So I don't know, I I, I know we're almost running out of time. And I know that we just kind of talked about our personal stories and just delivered kind of like an overall message. But I think we'd really like to hear from a lot of the listeners um, about your questions on any of these topics, um, because we're going to be bringing on different guests onto the show. Um, So maybe if we hear from the listeners and what they want to learn more about, we can uh, make sure that we bring on guests to answer a lot of your questions.
0: Yes, I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, so feel free to contact us and um, leave a message. I'm not sure where that's going to be yet, but I'm sure when this is up and running we will have a contact uh, form, Yes. probably in the comments section uh, below uh, the podcast link on Body.io. That's where I'm going to guess it might be. That uh, would be a fair guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? Uh, but. Uh, there will be a way to contact us. I'm sure we will uh, discuss that on future podcasts once we have that launched. And um yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys and hear about your stories and help us uh, help you guys.
0: That's what it's all about. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think we're just going to end this episode right there.
0: That sounds like a plan. Well, I yeah. think it, uh, I'm excited for the next time and, We have so many great things to talk about. So lots of good information to come.
1: Yeah. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we will talk to you guys next time.
0: Have a good one. Bye.
1: Bye. You've been listening to Her Body
0: IOFM with your hosts Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengle. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's
1: health and performance.